Uh, welcome in to another edition of Calling the Audible on this Tuesday night. I'm your host, Mo Khan. Uh, I am solo. I am solo. We're not doing the uh, Supercast today. We'll do that, I believe, next week with Iggy and I. To be determined, we'll figure it out. Uh, but we do have a great lineup for you today. we got Drum Homington that will come on and talk about uh, 4A and 4B. Uh, Jeff Roseblatt, our guy for Dip 2. Uh, Manu Adahua will come on to talk about Dip 3. Then we'll wrap it up with our boy Iggy. Uh, for Coed 1, 2, and 3 as we move along here on this show of Call Me Audible. Um, before we get into the uh, questions with our guests, uh, there's a few things to look at right now. Uh, playoff dates have now been released by the league. Um, there is some dates that could be changed or now in the process of being changed in case of certain situations that might pop up during the uh, month of April. So please keep that in mind uh, to, to have your eyes open when there could be a change with playoff dates if that does happen. Uh, we don't want to have teams showing up if there's a change that ends up being the next year or the next week, whatever it is. So check the playoff dates. It's all on the Flag Plus football page right now. If you go right here, it pops up. On the main page, the banner's right there. And if you scroll down, we have it both in English and French. And you can see right here all the divisions and all the dates. So, for example, if we're going to take Div Division One as the example here, they don't have a wild card round, but their first playoff window is April 17th. Quarterfinals April 23rd. Semis April 25th. And the finals would be May 5th. And then we move along here, for example, Division 5B. Same thing. There's no quarterfinals, but there's they're playing on April 20th. April 24th, April 28th, and May 4th. So it's all there on the main page. And then for locations, you can see it right here. Um, it's all up to date on where each window of playoff games will be held. So, for example, on April 14th, we're in Laval. On Monday, April 15th, we're at a plethora of places, uh, Stade de Montréal, St. Laurent, Mavic, and Laval. Um, and the other places as well, like we got Laval Dome, uh, we got uh, CN Complex as well on April 20th. So it is all listed right there for you to check out moving forward here, uh, the play updates. And then if you want to know what the qualification is, again, if you scroll a little bit down, you'll see right here, Division 1 is 10, Division 4B is 12, uh, Co-Ed Mix 1 is 16, uh, Women's 2 is 16. And then, of course, you can find out the date of the finals and what time they'll be at. These are all approximate times. They will be staggered all throughout the course of the day. So if you're playing in the Division 6 final, it will be 2.10 p.m. on May 4th. Uh, if you're playing in the 35-plus uh, division, it'll be in eight, on April 8th at 9 o'clock. And the first time ever, uh, the 35-plus legends will be May 4th at 8 o'clock. So, again, if you go to the main page, it's both in English and French. We have the winter 2024 playoff schedule all lined up for you. The dates, when they're going to happen, where they're going to happen, um, the qualification numbers as well, and then the dates for the finals that will be held weekend of May 4th, 5th, and 6th weekend that will have games all throughout the course of the month of April to May. A little bit longer than normal, but we do have this all lined up for you moving forward. So please check that out as you move along in the season of the dates because these are pretty much locked in. There, there will be some changes perhaps in the coming weeks here that we will announce. If it does happen, we won't say what it is or what date it could be, but the league is looking thoroughly to make sure things a-okay with the uh, I's dotted and the T's crossed moving forward as well. Uh, to, now, further the point of that, uniforms. We're at the halfway point of the regular season, and I will remind you, as Iggy will and as we will do so through the course of the remainder of the season, there's about six, seven weeks left in the regular season. You must have a proper number 
and a proper uniform. So what does that mean? Again, no taped number uniform, no marker number uniform. It has to be a legitimate number that is in the same color district of your uniform and making sure that is all straightforward because if you don't have that, then you're going to be uh, you're going to cost yourself a game played and stats. And those are the two most important things for a player, stats and games played. So please check out your uniform and make sure that, as I have a running nose, make sure that everything is okay moving forward towards the final five games, six games as well. Uh, playoff eligibility, again, you need five games to play in the FPL playoffs. The most important thing for you is to double-check your team page for the roster and how many guys have played or how many females or males, whatever, uh, if it's co-ed women's or men's, how many games have you played so far in the regular season. If you see there's a discrepancy where, hey, my player has played five but only has listed four, we could do a back check, but we have to do a backtrack and investigation as soon as possible. So please let us know because once week 14 and week 15 hits and you send us an email, hey, on January 20th, uh, Joe Smith or Jane Smith played, I uh, wasn't given the, wasn't the game, wasn't given the game played. Well, it's too late. We have to do it within a week or, or 10 days of that game being played so we can have the, the, the refresh, talk to the scorekeeper at hand, and whoever else is there to make sure that he or she was there uh, that played on that date. So please check your rosters uh, moving forward as well. Uh, and just be thorough about it because we don't want you to lose out on a player because uh, they didn't get the game played for or we made a mistake and we have to correct it. We want to make sure everyone has a fair chance to be in the playoffs moving forward and finally um another thing that's now become more uh, of a not, not a question mark but more of a of a forefront is the um running into the curtains now it's a new rule people don't really know it yet some some teams do know it uh obviously because they they, they uh incurred the penalty but the curtain rule it's straightforward guys if you're playing on a field two and you run into the curtains on field one or field three or even those fields run into field two and you run with full speed and unobstructed towards the curtains, you'll be flagged for 10 yards. Simple as that. So it's important that you guys make sure that you are able to control yourself. The referees will give you the benefit of the doubt if you're trying to control yourself going towards the uh, end zone or towards the curtains. Hold on here as I uh, blow my nose. I'm still fighting this cold. Um, it is important that you guys understand that rule. The reason why this rule is in place is for the safety of the referees and the staff members or anyone that might be walking on this on on the fields towards one end of the field to the other end because they're trying to get themselves uh, to their destination. We don't want anyone to get hurt, and and that's unfortunate. If it does happen, uh, there has been situations where uh, players and refs have been nailed by a running player recklessly from one field to the other field, and that has cost them long term injury. We don't want that uh, going forward here. As well, and then finally, last but not least, as I look at the script of options that we have left before we get Jerome Hometon on with us, um, team pictures. We're still, we're, we're almost there. We're almost there for team pictures. So please bear with us. If you believe that your team picture is not looking good and you need to do a redo because you got your uniforms, or or you just think, hey, we just need to do a redo because we need, we're missing a couple of guys, uh, let us know and we can do it for you no problem, and we'll get it uploaded as soon as possible as well. So again, playoff schedules out. Check it out. Dates are set. There could be some adjustments. We'll let you know. And uniforms and also the new penalty rule about going to the curtains. Please be aware of that for the safety of everyone as well moving forward here. Uh, we'll be joined, we joined by Jerome Honington in the coming minutes here. Nightingale, let me know my ear if we're good to go with Jerome Honington in the next minute or so.
And we'll get Jerome Wan in the next 30 seconds here with us and calling the audibles. We'll talk some uh, 4A and 4B with them. His beer looking very sharp today with us. So we look forward to having Jerome Hovington on with us to talk about that as well. And then Iggy will have on his guys on Thursday. He'll be on with us in about an hour's time from now as we'll get Iggy Magnets on with us as well. Uh, so we are good to go with uh, Jerome Hovington in the next couple of seconds here. As, and we'll have on Jerome Hovington. Jerome, good evening to you, my friend. How you been, sir? I've been pretty good. How about you? I'm good. Are you standing up or are you sitting down? I'm sitting down. Okay, I, I thought you were standing up. It looks, it looks, you look imposing. You look like you're seven foot six. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just thought you were standing up over there. Uh, Jerome, let's dive into it, man. Let's get into the 4A and 4B. We'll start with 4A. Um, at this point of the season, are you taking LOE or the field to win 4A? Because LOE is just running through this division with ease. Um, I'd say I'd still take the field. I'd give them oh, we'll get our drone back on. We still have a little glitch with him. Drone curious now, my friend. Okay, I'm good. There you go, drone. There you yeah. go. We'll work on the wife my app. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'd say about forty percent chance they they'd win at this point. Um there's still a lot of uh, great teams in four uh, A. Force balls deep, trap stars, backfield penetration. Those are all teams I think can uh, definitely uh, make a run for it. In the 80s certainly showed that uh, this team is beatable. Um, if it wasn't for the pick six that David DeAndre threw, um, I think it would have been in a pretty good, uh, pretty good position to win. So I, I don't think I'm, I would take uh, them over all of the field at this point. Well, for, for LOE, I find, Jerome, you know, they, they have a really prolific offense. I mean, one of the top-scoring teams in Division 4A. Um, I've seen Trap Stars play, which we'll get to in a moment here. I've seen Battlefield Penetration play. I've seen still CRA play. Um, Born in the A's, I've seen as well. And, and Bet Baller, Bet, sorry, Bet Boost Ballers as well have played. I don't know who can give them a good run for their money because, you know what, they got four games left in their schedule. They're 6-0, so they're, they have some comfort love to work with. Uh, and they're good, right? They're, they're a good team, but their final four games, Mofos, uh, LBB, Backfield Penetration, and Trap Stars. I think the final two games, Backfield Penetration and Trap Stars, could be the tricky ones for them if they go undefeated during the regular season. Uh, obviously, I don't think Mofos and LBB are really a threat, but Backfield Penetration has some very good athletes. Uh, obviously, Renier Smith has been dominating. Uh, for Trap Stars, they've been really good, and I kind of underrated them. Uh, Ryan Garber has been phenomenal at the QB position, and um, they've got very good defenders on that team as well. I think I think this is going to be probably uh, probably the matchup of the season, if I'm being honest. Well, if you look at it, not not to predict now on February 20th, because we still have like seven million weeks left of regular season football in FPF. But would would you? Would you pencil in LOE and Trap Stars as the potential funnel on May 4th weekend? No, definitely not. Um, there are just too many, too many good teams in this division um, to really say like, oh yeah, this team is for sure going to the finals. And um, I'd say, yeah, they, they could have both odds of, uh, both have good odds of getting to the finals, but there are some really tricky teams there that could, uh, could make a run. You know, the funny part is, right, they, they've, they're they now on a five-game streak of, like, 38 points plus. 
And the only time they scored less than 30 was against Half Centers FC, which isn't the most pristine team in, in 4A, right? So maybe the, the worst team got hazard number. But I, I look, I'll say this right now. I think LOE has a better chance to make it to the finals than going undefeated. Would you agree with that? Um, ooh, that's a good question. I'd say their their odds of going undefeated would be probably sixty percent at this point. Okay. Um, uh, going to the finals, that's more it's more games, but uh, it's pretty pretty close odds. I'm going to say I think they have a better chance of going undefeated than making it to the finals. Okay. Okay. So I see you're not, you're not on that bandwagon, huh? So if I see you on that bandwagon, I'll be like, hey, Jerome Hoteen came on the bandwagon late in the whole process, then. Um, better defense, trap stars or balls deep? Trap stars. Um, just like the number of interceptions, I think it's at 16 or something. Yeah. Um, Jordi Melnick, uh, with five already, uh, William Sebag has three and also four sacks. Dylan Garber, obviously great, great defensive player. Um, I, I know that they've allowed less uh, more points uh, at this point than Balls Deep. But Balls Deep also have had a pretty easy schedule. It hasn't been, hasn't been really, really hard at this point, obviously. Um, close win against Bed Boost Ballers, but I think the Bed Boost Ballers should have won that game. They held them to 25 points, but a lot of dropped balls, a lot of miscommunication. I think um, I think they're not as good as Trap Stars offensively. So like I saw Trap Stars against uh, still CRA on Monday night, and and they dismantled them. It wasn't even close. Right, the defense really carried them. And, and you're right, Jordy Melnick had a phenomenal game uh, against them. And I, I wonder though, Jerome, because I look at Trap Stars, and they're, they're not going to be the most dynamic offense, but I think they can win it with their defense and this get timely place in their offense. They don't need to score 40 from their offense, but if they can produce turnovers as they've done so far this season, I think it translates into them being uh, a more dynamic offense because they don't have to force the agenda. They can play within the strengths of their defense being what it is so far this season. Would you agree with that? Of course. It's always easier for QB to play with confidence, to take more risk, to be more aggressive when it comes to play calling, when you know that you can rely... Uh, a lot of times, if you don't have a, a great defense, you're going to be a bit more uh, worrisome. You're not necessarily going to uh, take some deep shots. You're going to be too passive, and and up the opposing defense are going to going to move move up their defense, be more aggressive underneath, and that can lead to trouble. Um, so obviously, their defense has been carrying them, giving them short positions throughout the season. But quarterback as well, and he's uh, he. He's done. He's done a great job in, in keeping this offense steady, not through too many interceptions, and just doing enough to uh, to win games. Because look, I look at balls deep, and you're right. The schedule doesn't get really tough until maybe the final three games because you got a speedy uh, speedy uh, ball call uh, gang, and of course half centers FC. The defense should play well in those two games, and then they got West Island boys, Idaho U pimps. And then uh, backfield penetration, which are all three dynamic offenses that you know very well. So I think we'll know better of balls deep maybe towards the end of the season than saying now, where they haven't really, as you said before, faced any real competition from offense. Yeah, agreed. I think it's it's really going to come down to after those uh, those three games, we're going to know whether they're really a contender or just a pretender.
So in your mind, I know you said it before the last question about the LOE not being a real, like, I mean, 60% to maybe make the finals, whatever it is. Uh, do you think one of these two teams can be in that final four conversation uh, towards the end of the season into the playoffs? I think both both of those teams have a chance. They've got great quarterbacks. They've got great defenses. Um, it's it's more going to be a question of who do they match up with. Do they have a... Uh, some some matchup issues. Uh, what if they lose a game or two? Some some guys missing, and now they have to face a LOE in the second round, for example. It's 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 going to come down to like who do you play, and do you have a bad game? Because we know that you just have a a really off game, and you lose in the playoffs. It's one elimination. If you're out, you're out. So yeah, no, for sure. It's it's not it's not, it's not easy. You know, Jerome. You know how, how tough it is to be. Uh, a ten and 9 team, and you get one and done. It's over. It's a wrap, right? You're you're looking towards spring or it's fall cup season. You know, so it's not not the easiest out. You don't there talk about it. <laughs> I'm not trying to, but hey, you brought it up, man. So yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Look, it, it happened to me. I know. <laughs> I know. I know, man. <laughs> like, like here, we'll, we'll go off of that. We'll go off of your nightmare that you had in the playoffs. But at own five. <laughs> Uh, spitty ball call gang. Can these guys get out of the trouble that they're in at 0 5 and get back in the playoff spot? It's going to be really hard um, because of the remaining schedule being what it is. You got balls deep, bed boost ballers, half senders, um, backfield penetration, and uh, LBB. I think they can win LBB. They can beat half senders, but those other three games are going to be hard. And sitting in 0-5 with four teams out of 18 not make means that the cutoff is probably going to be around three wins. And having, like, if they beat half-centers FC, if they beat LBB, do they beat any of the other three teams? I'm not sure. And those other two games are not like, oh, yeah, they're for sure going to win either. So um, I think their odds are looking pretty bad, which is, which is kind of sad because I think, like, just played them and I think they're really good. Um, but yeah, they're just missing that 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 thing to get them to win games. They they, they come close. They they hang around. They only lost a six to us. Um, they lost by one to still CRA. But yeah, they're they're just perhaps not uh, experienced enough with the QB position to uh, to get into that playoff spot. But I think a lot of potential. So so let, let's look at it from this perspective, right? Let's say they take out half centers FC. And LBB, right? So that's two. If they needed one more win out of the three games you listed before, balls deep, uh, backfield penetration, and uh, bet boost ballers, who's a likelier win for them? I'd say backfield penetration, the worst team. But uh, because Shamar Joasang is probably going to be back by then, and that's that was a huge loss for them. Um, one of the most dynamic players in the whole division not having him on the squad is uh it, it, it's a big loss it's something missing like when we played them i thought yeah right. they're good but they don't perhaps have that guy like that's super athletic that every team has to worry about and that's right. shamar's back for that game i think they have a good shot to uh, to win it yeah shamar's a phenomenal fabulous athlete so you know I, I think we agree we agree upon this point that if they're fully loaded they're tougher out but if they're missing out if they're missing a piece it really like it unhinges their whole process for them to be a, a competitive team at this point with five games left in the regular season. Yeah, it's 
it's the lack of uh, probably hurting them at this point and right. wish them more out. You know, there's hasn't really been anyone who stepped it up. Uh, maybe Zergiotis, who's uh, naturally a quarterback, but not necessarily the fastest guy uh, around. So, yeah, their their odds are not looking good at the moment. But, but All right, let's go to a question that that you're familiar with. So you got Big Fun, Idaho U Pimps, Mo for all of them are two and two. Um, taking away the Idaho U Pimps links from you. If you look at it from an objective standpoint, which of these teams can rise up in the standings now at their halfway point of the schedule? I'm going to try to be as unbiased as possible. You can be biased if you I want. Just, I, I mean, I, I'm going to be biased regardless. It just, <laughs> it's just it's what it is. Um, I think that we had a, a really tough, tough start to the season. Um, we had a lot of things to figure out. And uh, we've since added the, the key piece to our team, I think, in Alexandre Noel, right. who's um, to, uh, to our team. And I think that, you know, we're 2-0 we're since then. Um, obviously, we, I think we have a great quarterback in uh, Radio Anishin. And me and Manu, obviously, uh, I think we're elite players in Division Four. Um, we also have really high expectations for ourselves. So obviously I'm going to say, yeah, I think we're, we're going to move up the standings for big fun. It's, it's hard to say because initially at the beginning of the season, I thought this team was a five, like 500 team, like five wins, five losses. Right. Um, but you know, they've, they've been really good defensively. Um, especially with uh, Zachary Alberts Gale, who's been absolutely dominant as rusher, as and um, you know they they they're, they're two and two, they were pretty close in the game versus West Island boys. Um, they beat Smitty Bacall, they beat Les Montagnards. Not great teams. Um, it was hard versus Balls Deep, but I think this team has a has a good foundation. Uh, Evan Nolet has been subpar compared to what I was expecting of him. And I think he's going to bounce back. Right. Um, the rest of their schedule is pretty, pretty, it's, it's okay. It's not a, it's not very hard and it's not a, it's not that easy or tough games out there, but I think they could for sure win three, four of those games. Okay. On to four B, uh, are you taking them or the field to win four B at this point of the season? I'm, uh, it's always tough because when you have one team versus um, one team versus the, the whole field, you're like, yeah, there's there's no way those are good odds. But I think that with Leganovif, their offense is so dominant, it's so hard to stop them that I tend to go. I tend to want to go with them, honestly. Savai has been just too good. There, there's obviously there was a week one game versus Killer Rays that they lost, but. Ever since then, he's been just too good. So I'm going to to go with them, yeah. Yeah, you know, he's sort of like Kyler Murray out there, if that's a good comparison, right? Like physical yeah. stature. He, he's he's uh, he's he's now, I think, I think he's the OC for a high school football team. He got announced not too long ago. So he's got the football brain to play the position. Um, last spring season, they won the, the, uh, the spring uh, season title um, at Papineau. And I don't see, I don't see any true weaknesses. I think what what could happen though, Jerome, is that 
if they were if they were to run into say the Killer Rays again, and they have a bad game, they probably lose that game. But if they have a bad game against a weaker team, they probably overcome that. So I think it's all matchup dependent who faces who, and if they have a glitch of a game, then maybe they could be had on that Sunday or Monday in the playoff run in April. Absolutely, and another thing that may be a cause for concern is that they only have six interceptions games, right. and as we know, great great championship teams usually they they're closer to one point five or almost two interceptions per game. So if there if there's a team that can uh, that can get a stop or two, and the Leonardo aren't unable to get a stop themselves, it right. it, it could be a tough one. Well, you but, mentioned before. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, do, do really being able to stop Jacob Salvay, that's 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 a thing. I think that if he throws if he throws more than two picks, it's gonna be like shocking in a single game. If he throws two picks, you're losing that game, I think. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Some combination of of, of, of turnovers, right? It could be a pick in a, a fourth down turnover, whatever it is, but they have two turnovers. They probably will lose. That's what I think. We we on that front. Um, you mentioned them before. Killer Rays. Uh, their next three games, they got uh, Baldolai, which is a decent defense and, and a feisty team. Voodoo and Team Sexy. If they're to win all three of those games, are they a legit threat to win four B? I think it doesn't really matter, um, because we can just uh, a week two performance versus Levan Alviv to say that this team. Can explode. This team can beat any other team. They're a bit, they're a bit shaky at times. Sometimes they have some off games. I'm even if they lose all three of those games, I'm not saying that they're they're out as a contender. To be honest, I'm. I think that Tyler Gerberg is obviously one of the most dominant players in Division Four. Yeah. Um, he's a great quarterback, and they have a lot of uh, very solid surrounding pieces like Curtis Ryan, Aiden Aguilar who can all play a, an important role. I think that the question is more whether Bianchi can be consistent come playoff time, but I don't think, uh, I don't think you're going to, they're not going to struggle getting into the playoffs. And so those teams don't, those matter to me. Uh, yeah, he had an okay performance against judgment. Parker Rockets though, right? Like he didn't, he didn't really, you know, he lost that game uh, by two scores, but from what I was told, it wasn't the most um, effective game for, uh, for, uh, for the young quarterback. Oh, uh, Gerber got a 146 yards and three touchdowns, which, you know, on 16 targets, which is, but there wasn't much production. Too many from targets the other I receivers. find for one player though. Jerome, would you agree with that? Um, of course, you can't you can't run on only one player to get all the yards uh, all the time. And at some point, you have to uh, teams are going to adapt. Um, Fogger Rockets did a, a good job did a good job like limiting the other players. I right. I mean, they still won despite Gerber having 146 yards and three TDs, which was surprising to me. Uh, but then again. Um, Come playoff time, be going to adjust or like when we played them twice uh, in the fall cup, we uh, you know we we set up our our whole um, defensive defensive scheme around him and we basically shut him down. And those games, and I think that teams are going to figure that out uh, pretty quickly if they play them. 
Well, again, we'll, we'll see what happens in the coming weeks here for Bianchi and, and Gerberg, and hopefully they kind of build up their depth to be much more effective than before. Uh, but on the flip side, you look at uh, Mengus and Fortis Um, Are you confident in them that they can hold on to the last playoff spots? Because right now they're in 11th and 12th, and with Scrum Umptious and Monkeys all one game or within range of them for the last two spots. I think they're going to hold on to it. I don't think uh, Scrum Diddlyumptious and Monkeys are competitive. Um, they play each other um, soon. I think uh, and Scrum Diddlyumptious play each other. So I think yeah, that's going to be uh, bring uh, SDU to, um, to two wins. And that would mean that Fourth and Strong would have to win, what, uh, one one game, basically, because they're going to have the best differential. Um, Fourth and Strong have a very, very hard schedule. Their schedule has been brutal. have a much easier schedule in the second half of the season. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised at the end with uh, six or even go out and win all of those games. They're uh, a really solid team, and they um, can definitely go on a run. It's going to be a bit harder for Mangoose, but they play Monkeys. So that's basically keyed in as a win and pretty good differential as well. Um, only, yeah, they're, they're plus 16, actually, despite being one and three. So they only they would only need another win to uh, to make it into the playoffs. And Fourth and Schlong plays uh, Scrum Dilly Umptious, I think, early March. So if Fourth and Strong gets that win, they'll they'll have the tiebreaker. Essentially, you would need to win two more over over yeah. Fourth and Strong to get at that point. So, but I, I think they do hold on to that, and and that's going to be key for for those teams to get those wins over the teams below them. But speaking of the team below them, the Monkeys, look, they've had a tough go, uh, Jerome. I, I scored cat their game mm-hmm. a few weeks ago against uh, Killer Rays, and. They have not done much. They've only scored 18 points through six games, which is unheard of in the FPF. Jerome Hilton alone scores eight, three touchdowns in one half. But if you were to give them some words of advice here, what would you tell this team? They're in the wrong division for sure. But what would you tell yeah. them moving forward if they stick it out to kind of find the right avenue to be in to be a much more uh, efficient FPF team? Uh, first step would be to further back. They've had a Eddie Abu Shakra throwing, and it's been horrible. Two two touchdowns, seventeen interceptions, sixteen sacks. He's not a quarterback. It's never gonna happen. Uh, turn to Charbet Kouri, who uh, in their last game was not bad. He had a you know sixty six point seven percent completion, one touchdown, one interception. Yeah. Much better. Turn to him. Simplify the offense, triple slants, all hooks. Go from there after that. Um, if you want, you can you can DM me on Facebook or Instagram. I can, uh, can give you a couple of concepts you can work into your offense. Um, but it's it's just going to have to be, you know, do the best you can. Don't give up. Um, just, you know, try to work on some concepts. Try to figure out things that work. Try to, who's got talent on this team? Like, I've heard that uh, Iggy Magnets told me that uh, there is a lot of talent on this team. There is talent on this team. It's just when you come, when you start playing flag football, you have to start at the lowest possible division. And that even goes for all the teams that have already started playing. Right. Always sign up for the 
the lowest possible division that you can sign up for because you're, you're don't think that you're better than you are. Just trust that the ratings that you have are accurate and that you should be playing in that division. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. You can't yeah. just, just jumpstart and go like, oh, yeah, I, I had a good season in Div 5. Let me go throw in Div 2. It's, it's not how it works. You, you have to, to go, through the, go through the motions, figure, like, get better. The, the competition gets slightly better every yeah. to go through that. Are you referring and, to Iggy being that Div 5 quarterback going to Div 2? Is that who you're referring to? Well, yeah. Well, he, if, if he started his first season throwing a Div 2, I, I guarantee you he would have quit midway through the season, and we would, he wouldn't be where he is right now. Which would be a good thing for all of us he, at FPF if he quit midway through that point. <laughs> but, but no, you, you, you know what? <laughs> like, I, I'll say this for, for Monkeys. They, they got athletes, but they, they, if they come back in spring season, which I don't know if they are or not, but if they are going to come back, I would go in Div E. And, yeah. and build it up, right? Like, kind of, you're right. Build the confidence up. Build your playbook up. Build up all that stuff. Kind of pick and, and choose, as you said before, reach out to you uh, to kind of ask questions and stuff. But kind of build it up where, you know, maybe this this year is a learn and you go approach trial and error. But maybe 2025, when you have a year under your belt, you become a, a more competitive a 5A team that maybe go to 4B in two years, right? So it's not easy, Jerome. You know, like to move up, sure. it's, it's not you can just move up, all right, knock on the door, we're going through. But it is so hard to, to achieve that. So I think it's it's important for that as well. Uh, before we let you go, Jerome, um, look, I wrote this in here for, for you and I, right? Show me what you got, okay? Give me a player yeah. or team from 4A or 4B that has to step up this week and show me what you got. A team that has to step it up, give me West Island boys. Okay. Uh, Zach Stacy is an amazing quarterback. He's awesome, but he hasn't been playing up to his level at all this season. I I need you to be better, man. Big uh, backfield penetration. Um, come on, Zach, bro, just be better. <laughs> okay, so he, show me what you got, right, man? That's gonna be your guy this week. And anyone else? Anyone else? Or are you, are you good with that for this week? Uh, I can give I can give you one in four B. Right, um, Show me what you got for who. Let me let me just let me just check. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, give me voodoo. Um, first game, wonderful. Patrick Saitamant throws eight touchdowns. They dominate, and they're two and two now. There's a lot of talent on that squad. Yeah. And it's just Frankie hasn't been up up to up to the up to par he's got to use his receivers more uh jimmy como very talented new player to the uh, to the league he had five touchdowns in his first game hasn't had one use them right. throw, throw, throw them the ball trust them they're, they're good players there's a lot of talent in that squad and um yeah ks to distribute the ball just way better at this point all right Jerome. before we let you go um let us know what's going on with you man for for the coverage we have for 4 and 4b uh you're awesome brother with what you do man so let us know what's going on for you my man you want me to tell you what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Let me know what's, what, what do you have lined up. Oh, what do you have coming out, man. What, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, midseason report cards came out for Division Four A. Uh, midseason report cards for Division Four B should be out tomorrow or Thursday, and um, I think this weekend I'll have some uh, some award predictions and maybe uh, try to get some uh, some other. Uh, tough to give their own opinions on, on the division. That's principal Hoventon to everyone out there for the report cards. Jerome, thank you so much, my dude. Always great talking with you and, and having laughs and going breaking it down for four and four B. Look forward to it, man. Look forward to converse with you again down the road, my friend. Thank you.
Thank you. Take care, Mo. Take care. Jerome Hovington, you can check him out. 484B articles. Uh, one of the best out there, Jerome Hovington. Uh, always a pleasure talking to him. Great football player. Great, great dude overall in terms of what he brings to the field. Humble guy. Hardworking, intense. Uh, who's got better hands? We'll have to have him have him and Manu Alahua on one time to talk about that. Who's got better hands? Who would I trust with my life if I needed a touch on to save my life? So we'll get on Jerome and, and Manu one of these dimes together to go over that hot debate on who is the better hands catcher as well. Um, we got up next Jeff Roseblatt. Uh, Nightingale, are we ready to go with Jeff Roseblatt, my man? So we'll, we'll get him up. We'll get Jeff Roseblatt up. Uh, he, uh, he's one of our favorites, man. You know, I always tell Jeff that um, I'll see you for Roadshow. And he's like, yes, watch me. I go, yes, you'll be watching with me calling the finals. So uh, look forward to it as we get on Jeff Roseblatt in the next couple of seconds here to talk about Dip 2. A lot to get to in Division Two as well as we look forward to now the halfway point for most of these teams. Uh, some teams still have four games, but we will break it down with Jeff and what his thoughts are on the uh, latest in Division Two as well. Uh, moving forward here on Calling Audible, then top of the hour, it will be Manuel Lagoire. Are we good to go, Nightingale? Excellent, Jeff Rosenblatt. Good evening, my friend. Where are you driving right now, my friend? Okay, I, I just want to make sure you can hear me. I can hear you, brother. Perfect. I am uh, on my way to a meeting, so I apologize that I'm in my car <laughs> and I may not be looking right at the camera because I'm going to try not to get into a car accident, but I'm good to talk uh, Div 2. All right. Drive safely. That's the most important thing. No and problem. Whatever the meeting is, if you need to name drop me in this meeting, do so. Maybe it gets you a big deal out of it. I'm going to tell people that I know Mocon, and uh, nothing go- nothing could possibly go wrong from that. Nothing go wrong with that, my friend. <laughs> All right, let's dive into it, uh, Jeff. Um, I was thinking about it. What at your quarterback, obviously? So, what do you do better than Joe Meyer does in Division One or even Division Two as a quarterback? What do I do better? Uh... Yes speak english does that count <laughs> okay no it does not uh, that's a lot athletic skills the, man. <laughs> i mean look in terms of athleticism yeah. um that's obviously joe all the way he's not only an amazing quarterback the guy is a ball hawk defender plays the three sometimes or plays corner even though i've seen him play half um but i'd say in terms of quarterbacking i i, I wouldn't say what do you that do I'm better than, than him at anything i'd say maybe uh, I'd, I'd say maybe we're on par with uh, some of our play calling and possibly some of our decision making. I think everything from the athletic standpoint goes to him, stronger arm, obviously more versatile. Um, but maybe just some of the strategic stuff, uh, just like I said, decision making, some play calling, knowing when to throw the ball away, even though I think he does that very well also. I would say that's that's something where maybe we're we're close to on par with those, okay. with those type of things. Okay, this, this is fair enough. Just curious to know if there was something out there that you did better than him. And uh, this, you know, I, I, I thought so. so. I, no. I agree with I, you on that. I, 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 agree you. I agree with you on that, you know, because you, yeah. you throw a lot of yards in this league, so I just thought, hey, you know what? What does Jeff do better than Joe, right? So... I figured to ask that question. Maybe, speak. yeah. Maybe the one, maybe the one thing we could say is, I uh, I pride myself on being a good general manager, being able to recruit good guys from lower oh, divisions and bringing them up. I I agree, but Jeff. Joe, but Joe Mario's got yeah. tentacles, man. He's got coast to coast tentacles, man, to recruit guys for his teams. 
you're right. You're right. <laughs> there's the, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not sure there's anything I do better than that guy. He's also a stand-up guy. Yes. Uh, chatted with him a bunch. Uh, really great guy. Happy that he brought uh, him and his crew into the league for sure. So before we get to the next question, a quick story about him. So um, a few years ago, Saint Laurent spring season. You remember hashtag and R used to do their highlight videos right for the season and all that. So they had a, they had a whole hype thing. We're gonna beat the Braves. Blah 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 blah. So the Braves beat them, but into submission where they called the game with five minutes left, right? And Joe Meyer goes to the, in the handshake line. How about that for game of the week, huh, boys? Uh, <laughs> you know, he yeah. Listen, he's a nice guy, but he he's competitive. He's got a little edge to him when he needs it. So yeah, uh, absolutely. that's for sure. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So look at four and mongoose. Uh, they don't face CMB. It's CFB Cat Family Braves during the regular season. But if they did, who would have the edge of the matchup, Mongoose or CFB? Listen, Mongoose has been on an absolute tear, offense and defense. Uh, they have a few new pickups, guys that I, I watched. I don't re- I'm not exactly sure who they are, but they're tremendous. Um, serious Division II athletes. And yeah. I just I don't have enough to say about enough good things to say about Mongoose right now. Uh, Nick Schaefer has been a guy I've been looking out for for a few years. Super impressed. But anytime someone is playing the Braves in Division Two, in my opinion, they are the underdog. The Braves, in my opinion, should be favored in every game that they play. So I think when Mangoose, if they were to face them, because you told me they don't, no. the, edge is, the edge is still going to Joe and the Braves. It just, until they're beaten, hmm. That's, in my opinion, who the team to beat is. The reason why I bring that up, Jeff, because Mangoose crushed Bless up. Like it was twenty-one nothing after the first half. They ran, they ran it off for by nineteen at the end. And I was saying, I go, man, like they they have a really good defense, and Nick Schaefer has really picked up his game. Like he's he's reading the field like I've never seen him do before. Like he's not locking in on one guy. He's spraying the football out there, and they're making plays. Like yards after catch is incredible for this team. I mean, look, if you're telling me they were up 21 nothing and a half, that means the defense is rolling too. So we know what these guys can do from an offensive standpoint. And again, I completely agree. His decision-making has gone better and better every season that he's played. But now these guys are playing defense too. So that's a, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a scary proposition for the other teams in Division Two. And watch out if you're playing Mangoose. Because aside from the Braves... I think maybe Mangoose uh, right now could be the second team to beat in this division. Are you surprised Bless Up is 2-2 two two at the midway point of the season? Um, I, wanna, I have some yes and some no reasons. Yes, obviously, because Steven is such a great quarterback and they have such amazing chemistry um, and have for so long. So 2-2 two and two is surprising uh, from that perspective. But Division Two this year is unbelievably stacked. Even the bottom teams could beat the top teams any given night. Right. So on one hand, yes, I'm surprised. But no, because of the depth of all the teams in Division Two, I'm not overly surprised. So it's a little bit of a yes and no answer there. Yeah, you know, because, again, when I saw them play yesterday, I'm not saying they're missing a piece that can bring that cutting edge to them. But it was it was uncharacteristic. I said, I'm like, man, like these guys should be better than what they are. And and you know, it, maybe they they rebound back in the next six games and, and do it. But like, if that's any indication, then 
you might have to kind of hedge your bet a little bit and say, well, hold on, let me see this team play a few more games, then decide in two, three weeks from now if they're a legitimate contender for Div 2. But I was surprised. I'm surprised they're 2-2. Two two. I'll be honest with you. I thought they'd be 3-1, maybe 4-0, but that's not the case right now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, every team has an off game. To be down 21 nothing is very unblessed-like. So maybe you chalk that up to just, you know, everyone just didn't have it that day. Right. But um, they are by... <laughs> They are by no means um, a team to take lightly because no, of course not. As, of course yeah, not. as soon as you as soon as you you know maybe look at that roster and say ah we can beat these guys you're gonna lose. So yeah. don't don't go in with a mindset that these guys can be beaten uh, easily because that is 100% not the case. They've proven it over the years, um, so they can't be taken lightly and. Again, if I had to say, am I more surprised or less surprised? It would be more surprised. I would have had them uh, three and one also. So at four, one and one, do you think the Silent Ticklers might run out of racetrack to lock down the number one seed? Because they're in first place right now, Jeff, but they're only a point up on, on Mangoose and Cap Friendly Braves, who are all four and oh. So with six games in, four to go, do they hold on to the number one spot at this point in the season? These are good questions. Um, Look, if I had to do my rankings of the top Division II teams in no particular order, even though I already said the Braves are probably number one, you have the Braves, you have the Ticklers, you have Mangoose, and I'm going to put Ambush there. um, Really? As my opinion right now is the top four. That is a scary, dangerous team when they are clicking on all cylinders. Uh, I'm not going to include my team because that's, uh, you know, I'm obviously biased, but I think I would put those four right now as, as the four, as the four runners, as uh, my top four in the league. Um, in terms of the ticklers, again, they have such a three headed monster, not to um, disregard the others on their team. Cause they have some amazing other pieces, but when you have uh Panetta Rosen and Mancini on a team in division two, hmm. You're 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 in big trouble on defense. They are so versatile. They can they can run five yard hooks, take it to the house. They can run forty bombs, take it to the house. Uh, and the other pieces on the team are great. So, you know, to answer your question, I don't know if the Ticklers are going to finish number one, but uh, those are my to- those are my top four. That's how I would probably put them in the rankings. And then with a side note on two and a half Dan's because. You can't ever count that Joey Taylor offense out, and they've added some pieces where they're now very sharp on defense. Okay, so so we, them, if we take away your team in this conversation now, give them okay, an so, honorable mention. Right. So if we take away your team, just for this purpose of, of this question here, Ticklers, Mangoose, CFB, Ambush, yeah. is the championship coming from one of those four teams? There are two other teams I want to put in the mix, but if I had, if you had to give me a choice between those four teams, yeah, <laughs> those four teams and the field, yeah. I'm taking those four teams. They have impressed me very much. Right. I think that those are four very, very strong Division II teams. I have two other teams that I would bring up, one of them being two and a half Dan's and the other being Blue Ballers, which may surprise right. you. But, um, yeah, I would take those four over the field right now if I if I was a betting man. Okay, speaking of blue ballers, so this is the common denominator, right? These teams have a one in three record right now. Skills, skill bees, stoics, dirty birds plus, and blue ballers. Three get in, one team is out. Who's on the outside looking in? Is it stoics, 
Dirty Birds Plus, Blue Ballers, or Skills Bees? I mean, I hate to do this because Chris Rive is my guy, but I would have to go with the Stoics just because I believe it's their first time in Division Two. Uh, it's certainly a step up in uh, in talent compared to what Chris has faced before. Right. Um, he definitely has some great pieces on the team, but looking at the other teams that you mentioned, I think the rest of them have a little bit more higher division experience uh, on their rosters. So. If I had to pick, uh, sorry, Chris, but I'm going with the Stoics. Yeah, Stoics have had up and down. He's a bit uh, fireworks-like almost, right? So if they can get that organized properly, then maybe they have a chance here. But again, they did lose the big uh, blue ballers early in the season, so I'm not too sure how Dow Pell in the long view as well for them to get in the playoffs. Um, Jeff, uh, Defensive Player of the Year, D2. I can give you some names if you want, but if you have – if you have a guy in mind, who do you think could be the early candidate to win uh, DPY, D, Defensive Player of the Year, DPOY? Uh, right. Over here? Um, if I'm being perfectly honest, I, uh, I haven't looked at the stats. So just by going uh, uh, in terms of players that I know are, are in Division Two. Uh, I mean, there's, there's, three, there, there's three names that come to my mind right away. Those three names are Quasi Gordon Mall, uh, Anto Brisbois, and AJ Gomez. Because to me, those are three people that should be winning the title in Division One. So obviously, they would be candidates in Division Two. Division Two has so many Division One players; it, it, it's a joke how stacked it is. So right. if you were to probably ask me the same question in Division One, I might give you the same answer. So. Those are three absolute studs in Division Two. I don't know what the stats are uh, in terms of interceptions or, or PDs or whatnot uh, because I haven't looked, but right. those are three names that come to mind. And if, if you want to shoot some other names at me, uh, I'm happy to so, comment on them. For sure. I, I think here, before we get to the last question with you, because you, you got to go to your meeting here, but Mangoose has got three guys that could be in play, right? Vincent Steele, Simon Steele, and Tristan Fitzcastle. Those are the three guys I think can win it. Uh, each 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 of these guys, they got INTs, at least three or more, uh, a bunch of PDs, uh, one pick six. And and I think one of those guys uh, has a chance to win it. So I think Matt and uh, Mangoose has a chance to get a couple of awards over here, as it would be for the receiver of the year, right? Sound ticklers with uh, with Rosen and uh, Mancini. So that's why I think it could be the situation that it will come from the Mangoose guys if they keep up at the clip they're at right now. Uh, very fair point. To be, uh, I'm not as familiar with them as I would like to be. Right. I'm going to get more familiar with all those names that you just said. Oh, you need to because um, you need to prep for them, right, as a GM. Well, of course, they're they're <laughs> going to be getting phone calls from me in the off season, 100. <laughs> percent That of we course. both know. So I will be I will be getting more familiar with those names. Uh, you can count on that. All right. Last but not least, I like to ask you this question: The biggest headline in Division Two next week will be what after we go through Week Seven of games over here. You know, I didn't look at the schedule, but what uh, are the, are the kind of, yeah, get, get, give me some of the games and I'm going to tell you. Some here, we'll, here, we'll, we'll, here's the, here's the big games this weekend. Okay. Um, we got Dirty Birds plus playing blue ballers, right? So that's a battle of the low end teams for a playoff. Uh, uh, uh besides kiss CFB terror squad, bless up is sneaky. Good. And uh, Mangoose and Stoics. So this all has playoff implications. 
So is there a game that sticks out in your mind, whether it's Terror Squad, Bless Up, Mangu, Stoics, besides Kiss, CFB, Blue Ballers, or Dirty Birds Plus? Okay, I'm going to say a lot of the favorites are going to take care of business, meaning I think Mangoose is going to win. I think the Brave Squad yeah. with okay. a huge win, overtime win last week to upset Bless Up. Um, and for Terror Squad to potentially make a little bit of a run moving forward. No one's really talking about Terror Squad. Okay. And I think these guys have the – have obviously they have Isaiah, Tam, and AJ. These guys can make a run. And uh, and do something that I think not a lot of people would expect, which is to possibly make a deep run in the playoffs. So give me Terror Squad with the upset over Bless Up, and yeah. uh, that's going to start their uh, their journey to turning some heads and and upsetting some more people along the way. All right, man. Good luck in your meeting, my friend. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate you as always. Always. I'll see you for a roadshow, huh? Well, you're going to see me on the field, as you know, but uh, unfortunately, I won't be broadcasting with you in Division One or two. Sorry about that, but uh, you're still my guy, and I, and I love you. <laughs> All right, my dude. Safe travels, man. We'll see. We'll speak soon, and and have a great week. We'll we'll see each other at the field for sure. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate always, you guys. Thank Thanks you. so much, Jeff. As All always, right. brother. Okay. That's Jeff Rosenblatt with Div Two. As we move along here on CTA. Uh, we are going to be joined next by Manu Alaroa, the diva himself, who requested a later time slot than his usual time slot here. Uh, Manu, how you been, sir? Good, good, more. Thank you to accommodate my uh, my diva request. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, you're always out there, you know, the, the head and shoulders uh, hey. look over there with the hairstyle, you know. Was it a haircut? Is that why you were late today, or what's going on here? No, no, no. Uh... Just had to go to the gym after work, but oh, well, you put bit. up those weights, huh? With those uh, ten-pound dumbbells. Hey, fifteen today. Uh, you know, you're, you're icky weight now for for dumbbell press. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Okay, Manu. Look, um, we spoke about it last week. We'll speak about it now. Thirty-two uh, twelve win. Did the Sharks revive their season, and are infantry in trouble? Yes, the Sharks did revive their season. Uh, I was at Brossard this night. I, I happened to catch a little bit of the game. Uh, Sharks are back at it. I think Corey is, uh, has found his groove. Uh, he's finding the receivers open. The receivers are also making the plays. Uh, having Jalen Graves on that roster is awesome because this guy can do everything. Uh, he can change a game uh, for sure. One of the best receivers, best player in, in FPF. And they have him uh, in their squad. So uh, definitely uh, Sharks are for real. And Infantry... I think they are in trouble. Um, sitting at one and three, and man, the they have a tough, tough schedule uh, coming in. They have uh, lightweight, which is a tough game. Yeah, For Danny, I could see them winning that. Then you have Bruins, which is also a very, very tough game. Brotherhood, that's what she said, and wide open bar. So I think they they will be able to squeeze in the playoffs, but maybe not the spot they would hope for at the beginning of the season. So what's gone wrong for them? You saw them play. You, you yeah. saw them play on Saturday. What is not right for infantry? It's it's tough to say because when you look at the roster, it's pretty much the same guys, and they got the the submergent brothers. Um, Nicolas Zibaldo is also a very very good player. Uh, Ethan Adrian at, at rusher, one of the best rushers uh, in the division, even in Division Two, also plays Division One. So got to give a big shout out to Ethan. Um, and Zach Stacy, I think it's gonna uh, start from him. 
it's a step up in comp uh, competition from from last season. Division three is is tough. Defenses are really good. We saw the number of picks. Uh, we spoke about it a couple times uh, during the podcasts, and it's it's. I think it starts with a QB, but like I said, I think they are a little bit in trouble, but they are going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I think sharks. I agree with you. Sharks have found their their flow, their their fluency in language, right? To, yeah. to be more dominant than before. Um, infantry, I'm, I'm surprised. Like I, I thought they would be better than where they are. And I think now for Sharks, you got friends Danny coming up. Um, that's what she said. Not easy. Speed Academy, lightweight, wide open bar, and, Bru and Bruins, right? Yeah. They, they, I'm not saying they're going to run it, but they might end up being seven and three. Very, very well could be. Because uh, those are all like wins I can see, maybe except lightweight. Lightweight is going to be a tough game for them. Yeah, I think lightweight will be tricky for them. Um, I also think for them, if you look at the schedule as I have it up on the screen for those who are watching, uh, Bruins will not be easy for them. Yeah, Bruins is is a tough matchup for everyone. I have yet to see them play this season, but uh, I really uh, really would look forward to, to see them. They you look, know, I, they look the, good. The, the Bruins have like different uniform combinations. Yeah, yeah, man, uh, it's. Uh, they don't. Uh, so yeah, they have the the white yellow. and the yellow, the the classic. Yeah, yeah I, I like for them to mix and match. They don't really do that. I I know uh, Chris Bero has a um, different color in the lower division. He and therefore he, he wears the the burgundy. Yes, that's the Florida State nice. colors. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Yeah, it's not but bad. I, I think they stick they stick to the to the OG colors that yeah. they've been rocking. For sure, for sure. Um, quarterback of the year, if you had to award it today, Simone Dajani, who has 22 touchdowns, no INTs, or Alex Fafal, who is uh, one of the top uh, dual quarterbacks in this division? I got to give it to Simone Dajani. He's playing very well. Um, I saw also him uh, catch a little bit of uh, his game uh, against uh, Beer Belly Brigade. I don't know if the, it was yeah. this week or the week before. Uh, I think it was the week before. Man, he's he goes through his read really well. You, it shows that this guy is experienced in in flag football, and he brought a roster with him that is really really solid. Um, I think I think he's he's gonna win QB of the year if he continues on that on that clip, especially throwing no no interception is really impressive in that high uh, in, uh, interception numbers in the whole division. So I'm gonna bring this point up here with Simon Dagenet. <laughs> So he hasn't played in, in like two years, three yeah. years. He he doesn't look like he doesn't look like uh, an Adonis of a quarterback that you see at the combine, right? He looks like a regular guy mm. who's come back in the league and is tearing up with a bunch of athletes he has. Yeah, definitely, man. He he, he bought he bought together a really really solid roster with key pieces. Also, a uh, Francois Hug at rush. Which is really big, having a Division One uh, rusher in your team, man, you cannot ask for for better. Then after that, um, you you talked about a player. I think it, it's uh, Emile Grégoire. Yes, I know you you've been talking about him uh, on a last podcast, and I'm really looking forward to see him play. But really look at him because when I look at the at their at, um, their games, I always look at, at uh, Juwan uh, Edgil. Yeah. Which is the the playmaker of the of the team, but I think Emilio Gagual could with more reps, more uh, more games, he's going to be really really dangerous coming to later in the season. 
So are they winning because of Simon Dagenet or because of who he has on that roster? Oh, it's it's Simon Dagenet for sure because he's he's putting his receivers in in uh, places to to make plays. I already have uh, five receivers at 100 yards plus. Uh, Justin Blanchard got uh, seven TDs, averaging 20 yards per reception. Man, that's the concepts right there. But Justin is a really good receiver, and he can make some plays. But I think he's hitting him on the on them on them concepts and uh, different uh, levels. He's he's smart like that, and he, he can utilize his players very well. Okay, so this next question will lead to the, the next question we have on the list here. But Simon Dagenet, one point five interceptions over or under one point five INTs. I'm gonna say. Ah, man, it's tough. I'm going to say over just because the teams he's going to face are pretty, pretty tough, man, coming up. It's so tough. let's say Fafah um, leads the league in rushing and he's top two passing. He's got more touchdown passes than Simone Dagenet. But hey, he might have more INTs, though. Like, have six. Yes, I know. But Iggy once told me that these awards are stats based, only stats. Listen to Iggy. <laughs> but that's that's what the the Iggy Iggy Magnet said. So yeah. And for that I, I would say if Simon Dagenet throws a a couple like two, three interceptions and Alex Fafar continues with it and leads the, the league in rushing, yeah, it goes to Fafar hundred percent. Okay, Saturday Night Football this weekend. Yes. We got a, a big one. We got uh, Beer Belly Brigade against Backyard Bullies. Yes. Uh, th- th- this is a, this is a big one here for both teams. Who needs this game more? Uh, I'm going to say Backyard needs it more because looking at their up-and-coming up schedule, uh, Backyard has a game tomorrow against Diamond Bougie. After that, they play against Beer Belly, w- w- the game we were talking about on Saturday night. Then after it's yeah. Glowcock, Mel's Angels, which is tricky. AJ Gones at QB. Got to watch out. That's what she said. Also a good team. I, I think they're going to get some uh, some rhythm through, throughout the year. And then they finish against A-team. And that's a tough matchup. So yeah, you, know, you know what? I'll tell you what. That, that uh, Diamond Bougie game will be a cupcake for them. They'll get through that like 85 uh, Yeah, yeah. Easy. So just, easy win. Just, just Don't even show up. <laughs> you know what? You could do me a favor. Just tell the team not to show up so it gives me another hour to just kind of chill out at home before coming to the Hebert. That's it. You don't, you don't need to get there till 10, Mo. Yeah, if I'm it's lucky. Like, maybe 958, so I'm sure. Yeah, just, just to place the cones just before. Exactly. Take down, pretend I'm taking stats down on the iPad. <laughs> but here, here's the thing, though, right? So if backyard boys are to win this football game, yeah, it's going to be based on their pass rush and oh, what yes. they get from, from the pass rush. Because guess who they're playing, right? They're playing a very good uh, quarterback in Fafal. And Definitely. We, we know about the pass rush this year with Johnny Johnston. He's yes. got to neutralize, I think, his legs more than his arm and make him into a passer <laughs> because it's a smart defense that the backer boys have to work with. They, they really have a smart defense. Uh, I'm glad you, you point that out because they have uh, Vinny Golano. He's uh, a good friend of mine. He's a really good defender. Um, so you got to be careful for him and come back to the, to the, to the rusher. Uh, Jenny Johnson, he subbed for uh, for my team in Division One, uh, Jameson, and he rushed Chad Byers very well. I know it's not the same kind of QB, but it's still a Division One QB, and those guys are tough to rush. Like from experience, Division One QBs, you don't get many chances to get a sack, don't get many chances to do anything, and Gianni found a way to get a sack and a pass defended. So I think he's going to be big on that uh, rushing uh, Fafa, 
And like you said, make him throw because when he extends the play and just not even run, but find someone that's wide open, a snapper, for example, uh, Nicola Curat, who's often open on the sideline, man, they can make some, some real damage. So like you said, big matchup there. So last question before we get to the next one here. On yes. Back up, please. Last three games, they've given up less than 22 points. So if they give up, let's say, 27 points to Beer Buddy Brigade, are they in trouble? But they, they've been scoring uh, pretty much uh, up 34 points and up, yeah. except the yeah. Greendale Human Being game, but that's tough to score a lot of points against that, against that, that team. Uh, they control the ball and they, they make it a slow, slow game. So 27 is, is not bad. But yeah, I think 20, um, giving up 27 points, they're still in it. They can still win. They got a good offense. All right. Um, we're, all, we're at the halfway point. We're at the halfway point, beg your pardon, of the season. Yes. Uh, Manu, I'm going to throw some teams at you and you just got to tell me yes or no if they're playoff, if they have a playoff, if they have a chance at a playoff spot. GHB. Yes, they have a shot. Confident that they're going to make playoffs? I'm confident. Yes. I, I, I'm not confident. <laughs> I'm, I'm not because, you know what? I saw them play, man, and, and they weren't, you know, like, I was like, one of four now, you know, it's starting to really creep up, right? You're going to run out of racetrack. So, anyway. Just go, back, go back to the basics. Trust your snapper. He's a really, really good player. Hopefully. Hopefully you trust him. <laughs> uh, wide open bar. I don't think they will make it, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't think so too. I think I think they're this up in weight class, zero and three. Yeah, it's not tough, man. Not it's very tough. I agree to that. Infantry. Oh, uh, they uh, they're gonna make it. Yes, like I said, they're gonna p- pick it back up. Maybe like seven uh, from sixteen to twenty, they could be in that range. You know what? I'll say this: if they get to sixteen twenty, I wouldn't want to face them in the playoffs in the first. No, 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 no. no. No, that's, that's a, a trap game. game, man. No, no. That, that's like an at-large bid for like a football program. <laughs> so you're, not, you're not playing like Cupcake U over here. You're playing like a decent infantry no. game. I, I didn't get in, but it's going to be tough whoever gets them uh, as well. No. Uh, Minis of McDizian, the uh, fighting Darren McDizians. Unfortunately, no. I got to say no. I'm sorry, guys. They're, they're on a tough side of, of the division. Of the yeah. yeah, definitely. I think it's close. Yeah. If they win the next two, I think they have a chance. They have a chance, and they also showed some some heart against Kiss My In-Laws, and uh, a team that is really tough to beat. And they hang, they hang in there. I, he told me that he had to uh, make some some clutch plays down the down the end to to seal that game. So that's yeah. impressive. That's impressive. Uh, UPBF. No, unfortunately, I'm sorry. Zero five, man. Too tough, yeah. too tough of a mountain to climb back. I agree. I agree. <laughs> uh, Griff Nation. I'm going to say yes. Yes, but unsure yes. <laughs> I'm cautious. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think they get in. We'll I think Minis McDizzie gets in over them. That's why oh, I think. Okay. okay. That's what I think is going to happen. That's a good take. Let me see. Uh, they do play each other uh, Monday, March 4th. Monday Night Football. So, that, that could be yeah. for playing right there. There we go. There we go. That's a big game. That's it. it will be there. Um, there or where's it at? Yes. Yes. Field one. Field one, two, or three. Number three. Oh, that's my field. Well, I'll take care go. of that. There you go. 
first class <laughs> service and field three man. That's the time field, baby. Of course. Uh yeah. Speed Academy. No, no, too too tough to, to to come back for Speed Academy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't think they're gonna make it either as well. So so I think we almost agreed on some of the teams here. I think we had like two making it, but it's gonna be tough. Like it's it's still like you know halfway to go, but you lose two or you lose one or two in a row, you're done. I, you, you can put you in a bad hole moving forward. No, definitely, definitely, uh, guys, man. It's the start of the season is so important because after that you gotta try to climb the mountain, and it's tough because teams usually are less in uh, in rhythm in the early season. So there's a time to sure. beat the the um, the good teams, but I say good teams, but more experienced teams. So yeah. Right. All right, uh, Manuel, gonna ask this question. Show me what you got, right? Which team or player has to show up this weekend? So who's oh, gonna show oh. you what you got right over here? Okay, that's a good question. Let me pull up uh, the schedule just to give you a couple a uh, couple options. Uh, so yes, um, this week we have Mel's Angels Brotherhood. Beer, uh, well, but you guys say probably you guys you guys say show me what you got, show player B <laughs> or team A. <clears throat> Maybe I'm a I'm a little bit like we already talked about it, but show me what you got, Zach Stacy. Big game uh, to get back on the on the on the train against lightweight, tough matchup. Yeah. And after that, I'd say um, Jared Buck. Show me what you got. Big game against Shark. It's gonna yeah. be a tough game. So okay. two uh, two QBs for you. Okay. Okay. Biggest headline will be what uh, when we speak again with with Iggy and you or you and I next week will be what? Ah man, biggest headline. Lightweight five and zero. Man, I think that's it because that's okay. that's big, man. Being five and zero in this yeah. division. Yeah. That's the biggest headline right there. Okay. Okay. Fair enough, then, Manu. All right, my dude. As always, great catching oh, up with you, brother. Thank as you. Always, always fun uh, talking with you. And uh, thank always. you to our producer Ali Reza, also. Ciao. Nightingale, yes, the Nightingale. Nightingale. Love you, Nightingale. my guy. Yes. Take care, boys. Well, take care, Manu. We'll speak soon, brother. Yes, sir. Good night. Take care. Manu Alawa with us as we have on the on deck circle uh, Iggy Magnets. He'll join us uh, as soon as he comes back from. I guess he went to the washroom, Nightingale. What's he doing now? What do you think he did? He, he, he's eating. Yeah, well, I wonder what he's eating right now. Probably like granola bar, something granola related, probably. Oh man, you should have muted like a bit, two seconds ago. He had his mouth full. He couldn't talk properly. What do you think? No, granola bar. Come on, Mo. It's eight o'clock. Come on, uh, Eggy man. You're the type of guy that eats like smoked meat like at twelve o'clock after like a single year, yes. of two hours. Absolutely. What? <laughs> why, are you saying, why are you saying that like it's a bad thing? That is that is. It's awful True. to eat heavy food at that time, man. No, 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 no. I can eat food at any time. I'm ready, I'm Which ready, screen ready, am I looking ready. at here? What's what's going on? Is it the double screen, or we have this the 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 web page up? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. I just I, just, I was on with Manuel Ahua, and we had the division yeah, three yeah, yeah. thing up. I'm getting up the coed stuff now, but uh, there we go. There I'm, we I'm go. actually yeah, I'm already thinking of of places to eat post game on May third and fourth and fifth. Uh, wasn't it subtle, the subtle hint went out that Milano's is greater than uh, than Dunn's? Yeah, because this because uh, our, our Lord and Savior lives literally. He can roll from his house to to the spots. Why are you saying it that way? I I didn't understand. Why are you saying that he's rolling from the house to the complex? Wouldn't it be the other way around that he's rolling from the complex back home? 
No, no. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll find out eventually what we're talking about, but that's another story right. for another day. Um, Ix, thanks a lot for joining us, as always. Um, yeah. Code 1, Code 2, start off with uh, Code 1. Uh, the Boston okay. Nets, chances of them going undefeated. You see their schedule. It's uh, it's not as easy as people think it is because they're 5-0, and but they got some tricky games in the final five of their schedule. Yeah, we we talked about this a little bit last week. You know, the odds uh, of what was what was more likely to happen first: uh, LPP's first victory or Le Parcinet's first loss. Look, I uh, I caught uh, Parcinet's uh, victory. Uh, what was it? A uh, eight point uh, victory over IG team, and it wasn't as easy as uh, as I thought that game would be. Uh, IG team bringing up uh, a new quarterback for the team. Looked uh, slightly improved uh, without Jeans Lee there. Um, of course, Jeans Lee, a great quarterback, but mostly a, a great defender on the on the team. Uh, but Le Parcinet struggled. Uh, it wasn't an easy victory. They had to kind of grind that way, uh, that win out with uh, Gab Champagne uh, getting four interceptions. Without those four picks, uh, they might not win that game. So you're right in that their competition is tough. But they, it's a team that can be had. And you know what? Plenty of fish uh, next on the docket. Uh, it's, that's, that's a good, that's a nice team that uh, that's, I just faced off this past week. And I was uh, in talking with Seth Galina once again. Uh, they've uh, revamped their playbook. And, you know, until a team stops what they're doing, this, this new uh, plays and formation that they're coming off of, uh, and until teams adapt to it, which Le Parcinet will have to do and do so quickly, that might be their, their first loss of the season could come against POS. Aesthetically, they have maybe one of the most underrated uniforms out there. Underrated? So, like, you, you like it a lot? I mean, you I would, do. Yeah, I like they're, that. They're, they're, they, they are nice. They're nicer than... Uh, that division 16 uh, that you love Ramfins. there. Ramfins. Best they're nicer than the yeah. these are nicer than the Ramfins. Come on. Well, by the way, I don't know if you know the summer color for uh, the, the hottest color for fashion this summer is pink. It's peach, actually. Peach. It's a bit of a peach color to the uniform. So this is what I'll say about Bucks and Net. Um, their schedule is 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 death row. Yeah. Um, they're not gonna go undefeated. I don't think so either. Now, no, now that I, I saw so. them play, I don't think so. No, plenty of fish, uh, easy fun. I, I think it's easy fun that gets them. Uh, plenty Could of fish, be. I think, will get. I think plenty of fish has a good chance to beat them, but if you really want a sure win, I think easy fun is the one that I would circle as being the, the first L for them. And I mean, yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely think so. I think they're, uh, you know, to, to truly answer your question, I think their odds of going undefeated are like 15%. Uh, so on the lower end, uh, but there's still a chance. Uh, and then this just goes back to what, again, what Seth and I were talking about last week and we brought up on the show that the seeding doesn't matter, that any team can beat any team on any given night. And the regular season is just a, a warm-up for the playoffs and to get an idea and comfortable with what teams like to do schematically and and come back, you know, prepared for the playoffs. Right. Uh, IG team. Uh, are they going to rebound? They're, they're, they're not. Obviously, it's, it's a bit different now, but can they have the horsepower to get back into that conversation? 
so with their new quarterback under center, uh, just get a name for you, Rijan Giraud. Uh, Rijan Giraud, good. yes, former Caribbean CFL player, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely someone who can move the ball. The, the flag concepts aren't necessarily there. He can throw a ball with the best of them. Again, the concepts aren't exactly there. The timing is clearly off with his receivers, uh, both male and female, uh, which led to the four uh, interceptions that I mentioned before. Um, but it's it's better than what we were seeing in weeks. Uh, what would it would have been weeks five and six uh, on, on their on their schedule? But look, it's it's still really tough sitting at one three and one. There there are again, Cohen one. Unlike many of the other divisions, eight teams and two get eliminated. Normally, what FPF likes to do here is, you know, you see an eight-team division, seven teams usually make it. So that's somewhere in the 80% uh, range of teams make it. But yeah. here, two teams get eliminated. So, you know, the second sub, uh, zero sub, or Le Petit Fuck get a victory, the IG team are in trouble. So they got to build that chemistry quick and, and build it very quickly now again i you know to counter myself they they could have won the game against Le Parcinet, who are the number one seed right now sitting at five and oh so yes there's a chance that they can redeem themselves here but they can't afford to lose close games and with with the chemistry not not being there on crucial one point or two point converts let's say that could that could cost them a game. It could cost them a playoff spot. They're in trouble. They're in trouble. Uh, I think they're in trouble. Yeah. I think you're right that one of the teams below them wins, and they're in trouble. Yeah. I don't think Arjun Giroux is going to get them in the playoffs. And it's a disappointing thing because they're 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 uh, a staple franchise in Coed, and now yeah. we don't know what the direction is going to be for them. Right. And it's too bad. Yeah. They're a really good team, good group of people out there. And hope they're able to reverse that that misfortune of not having a good start to their season yeah. um, for them. So right now in Koetsu, at the clip we're going at is, is two wins enough to get in the playoffs in Koetsu? I mean, four four winless teams, uh, and then the teams on the bubble. Uh, I guess you can't really say Tigres and Pass Whooping are on the bubble just yet because they've only played three games, but Balprofond with six games and one victory. I mean, may, yeah, maybe they only need one more uh, victory. Uh, the thing is, IG Team 2 and, and you know, the rest of the, the winless teams are only at four games played. Yeah, it's probably at two. You know, the over-under is, yeah, it's probably two and a half. So, yeah, so two wins. You know what? No, I think you need three. I think teams on the bottom will have two wins. Uh, and and you need that third win to uh, to be to make playoffs. So you're telling me that you can see Ball Hard University, IG Team Two, Team Meow Meow, or you and I win three when no. they're already at zero and four, zero and three respectively. No, not not necessarily what I said. All those teams, let's say, could get two wins, and then Balprafond need three in order to make it. Right. Okay. Okay, I I, I I can see you and I. They they've been in uh, even though they you know they're they're getting crushed points differential wise. It's a team with again they have question marks at quarterback. Is it Alexis Labonte? Uh, who who's exactly the quarterback there? But 
they're you know they played balls deep rather tightly i think it was a, yeah. a one possession game they can get two wins team meow meow with the misfortunes again them too it's it's a lot of roster and, and quarterback issues in terms of who's quarterbacking on any given week uh, but they they have added Xavier Couture to the lineup. So their full roster is definitely a team that can get two wins. But again, can they get three? Uh, Ball Hard University, that's a team that's going to be struggling to get one or two. Uh, and so is IG team two. But I think in order to get playoffs, you need three wins to really feel comfortable and cement and clinch a playoff spot. So it's in two weeks from now, Flash KMCB. Uh, but could this be a preview of the Coa 2 finals in uh, May? I mean, why not? I mean, you have the top two seeds right now. Uh, some would say the two best defenses. Uh, Lords of the Field are up there in terms of the points against as well with 63. Uh, you have, you know, two of the better offenses uh, facing off against each other. I mean, there are other good teams here. You got McNuggies, you got Pig Six. Uh, y and Y even uh, there there are some other teams that could make runs during the playoff, but this is definitely a potential finals matchup in the making. Are you confident one of these teams gets into the finals? Um, I'd say the odds of either one of these teams making the finals is eighty two and a half percent. So Flash really hates they they, they think we hate them. Really? Why? <laughs> what? what did I don't you say? know. I think I said something about like you know they're not a good team. I may I may have said something. I don't remember. Anyway, <laughs> it's so long. Like you know you, you you know we spoke about you know that particular you know trolling from whatever you know. Right. I, I don't remember yeah. what the hell I said about that team, but with this team here, they <laughs> look. They got Alexi Gomal, Jerry Murphy, Alex David. Um, Kevin Lubev, fantastic, right? Yep. Those are all studs. Uh, Juliette Beauvais is the one that I worry about. It's um, the question mark. It's the question mark on the team. It is, because let's say she loses Murphy. Who's her number one target? I mean, it's still Alexi Gamon. It's still a very good number one target to have. But he's not Jeremy Murphy, though, right? But, but, no, but Gamon, yeah. only, he's, only, he's played very minimal offense, right? You got Alex David. You got Chloe Bouchard, right? But you take away Jeremy Murphy from that. Like, what happens next for them? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's not uh, Alexi Gamon, you're right. He hasn't played as many years. Alex David in Coe 2 is a very capable wide receiver one. And then slide right. in Kevin Lubin as a two and, and Alexi Gamon as a three. So, I mean, even if you do lose Jeremy Murphy, probably the best receiver in Coe 2, I think you're fine depth-wise. Because then even that slides in Chloe Bouchard as like a three or four receiver. And she's doing very well 16 receptions on 22 targets so any ball thrown her way is usually getting uh receptions three touchdowns 8.8 yards per reception so she's definitely moving the chain so the depth is definitely there i'm not too worried about that i think you, you what you said though the nine interceptions of juliette Beauvais, really the so offense much. relies in her hands that's high cholesterol for a quarterback it's it's high class. Yeah, it's two 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 interceptions per game. Now I will say, with the changes of three men, three females, I think it has afforded offenses one more interception per game. I'm not sure if you've, uh, you know, in 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 talking about some of the changes in coed, the three right. on the three men, three female, 
has, uh, I, I think, done two things. It's afforded offenses an extra interception. And I think it has made the dominant male players a, a more scary and, and a more dangerous weapon. So that's why you have seen Flash putting up a lot of points. Uh, when, when guys like Jeremy Murphy are getting the balls in their hand, there's one less male player versus last few seasons uh, to kind of cover ground. And uh, it's just a trend that I've noticed, whether it's COED 3 or COED 2, that dominant male players in particular are able to sh- uh, shift their way throughout the field. You want to say, you want to say shit. You want to say shit. No, no, no. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Shit, you want to say shit. 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 That's what you always say, huh? No, 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 no. Shit Even that goes laughing at you right but, now. That doesn't make but shit their way through the field. I don't know. I don't get it. Mo. Come on. I think we're, we're gonna do a replay on that one. You want to say shit on that one though? Okay, they're gonna shit their way through the field. This doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, th- just an observation. I don't know. What third you best team in coed two is who? The third best team in coed two. Look, I uh, I do hate to just say it's the third seed. But I really do think McNuggies, with their defensive talent, with uh, with Medric Lazon, uh, you know, driving the offense, a smart, methodical quarterback, um, puts his position, uh, puts his teams in positions uh, to win games often, uh, and and the the female firepower, right? You have uh, Josiane Martin, a uh, well-known player in uh, in the flag world. Uh, you have guys like. Uh, Alexander Roel, uh, Daryl Dorsley's, who's only played one game, but still, that's that's part of that franchise, right? Uh, Shelder Valerie leading the defense, um, and Pavia, uh, Alessia Cruz. So, like the the female uh, composition on the team, I like. It's just a well-rounded roster. To me, forget the seeding; they are number the number three seed, but they uh, they're the most third, at least in, in my eyes, the third most well-rounded team. Watch out for Big Six. Yeah. Sure. Watch out for pick six. Uh, I think yep. they are going to move up. I think they're going to be a top four team. And if Chris Olsen can continue to do what he's done, he's played very well. He's played very well at quarterback the last couple of seasons. Uh, Thomas Jose is very good. Cesar, you know very well. Garcia Diaz is a good leader, good team captain for the team. That's my pick, that they can kind of sneak up there. And you know what, Flash? They might beat you guys in the playoffs, okay? There you go. Mo Khan guaranteed. <laughs> not a full guarantee. Well, not a full guarantee. It's a partial of course, guarantee. Of partial course not, because you only go halfway on your guarantees. Well, you know what? You're either you're halfway right or you're halfway wrong. You're, you know, you're half right, half wrong. That's how I look at it, right? So I'm I'm cool. I'm cool with what I have to do. Uh Kawhi three. Um so I looked at it before the Kawhi three. And there's a big one, there's a big game coming up in Kawhi three this weekend. Okay. And uh, I'm just trying to get the schedule up here. It's the uh, la- laptop is lagging right now. Yeah. Before before you uh, you know you go into week eight, uh, I'll just make a quick callback to week seven. Yes. Um, that uh, Zachary Alberts Gill uh, went on the over with the uh, the number of upsets. Uh, only four of the five games were played. In fairness to Zach, but uh, so far no upsets uh, were 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 had. And he's a, he's the so-called expert writer for this division, right? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway. Um, actually, you know what? Let's go put my uh, plug in here. So as I asked oh. the question, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I anyway, Agnew yeah. against uh, Block Party, big one this week. Uh, Monday Night Football. Who you got? Um. So 
That's a good one. I do like what I've seen uh, out of Agredu uh, at two and even though they're two and two, of course, we know uh, Block Party undefeated so far, uh, getting a win over Eclipse on the weekend. Uh, I do think Agredu will give them a run for their money. Uh, therefore, a very entertaining Monday night football game in Coed 3. Um, how do I see it shaking down, though? I still, I, so definitely close game. Could go to overtime. Uh, and then if you're making it a game of converts, I just like what Block Party has done as a franchise. They're just they're more familiar with their offense, uh, more familiar with their defensive concepts and have played together for longer. So uh, even though I do think Agadadu have probably the better talent and on the roster-wise, on paper, I think Block Party's chemistry and experience playing together for longer gives them a leg up all over them. Okay, fair enough then. Um, last but not least, half and half. Mm-hmm. Are they a top tier team or middle of the pack team? So, and Zach Alberts Gill was uh, was mentioning this early on in the season, and I had seen it as well. And it was that they were lacking a quarterback in the first few weeks of the season. Uh, since then, they've uh, they've made a quarterback switch. And uh, they're definitely, in my eyes, a upper half team uh, with now, um, it's Gabriel uh, Poulain at the playing quarterback. 13 touchdowns to four interceptions is a nice ratio. It's not amazing, but it's a yeah. nice ratio for co-ed uh, offenses. Completing 70% of his passes, that's a little higher than what you would normally see in co-ed three. Uh, and then when you have... Uh, I always mess this name up. Uh, Tanias or Tanias uh, Steer, uh, his versatility as a two-way player, his lengthy range, uh, his athleticism uh, paired with uh, experienced players like Camille Saint-Marie, Jamal Roach, uh, and Ariane Boucher. That's a nice foursome uh, on, on the attack and on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, definitely, it's not even a question. This team is an upper half team for me. Who we call him? We call him all beef. Tanias Steer. Why? The Mr. Steer? Steer? Yeah. Mr. Steer? Yeah, call him Mr. Beef. Uh, no. I think that could be ambiguous and misinterpreted. You could just go Mr. Steer. Just be a classic. Yeah, we, we could do that. He might be a vegetarian for all we know. We need, we need to find out. He would be joining the ranks of uh, of Mokon. He would be indeed. He definitely would be. Uh, Eggs, uh, what do you have lined up for uh, Thursday's show? What are we What are we looking at for Thursday? Well, we're looking at uh, covering all the divisions, Mo, that you didn't get to cover. I refuse uh, to cover. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a good show, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Am I joining the show on Thursday? You You may be. You may Just be. Let me know. Jersey uh, Shore comes out at eight o'clock, so we got to do that before eight o'clock, though. The what? Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore. Yeah. So I've lost all all faith in you, Mo. I'm saying eight o'clock. I'm busy. I've lost all faith in you. And uh, the, the return of the NBA on TNT is back, so you know. The return of yeah, NBA All-Star on break. TNT. Yeah, All Star break. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Excellent, Eggs. Thanks so much for coming on with me. Um, yeah. Big thank you to uh, Jerome Momenton, Jeff Rosenblatt, uh, Manuel Arroyo, and you, Eggy, for coming on.
Um, who's the, who was the best uh, guest of the night? Please let the audience know your thoughts. The guest of the night? Oof, yeah. That's a good question. Well, you know, I have quite the rapport with all four, with all three of them. Sure. We have we, we have a comfort level now. Um, the, who, who, in your eyes, who in your eyes brought their best performance and then gave an, a compelling argument to your and, uh, and, and answers to your questions? Uh, I think Jerome gave me some good uh, answers today. Okay. Manu too. Manu. I think Jerome, Manu, then Jeff. Oh, you're you're ordering them for me. Jerome, yeah. Manu, Jeff. All right. Yeah, yeah. All excellent guests. All excellent guests for sure. Um, again, a reminder: the playoff schedule is out. As I said before, there could be some changes, so please be aware. Um, again, if you're curious to know where you have to look for it, if you go onto the uh, main page of FPF, as I bring you back there right now, and you yeah, look at the banner, yeah. that's it. No, we get to the art. banner. It's going to come it's up right article. here. Yeah, there you go. English and French. You check it out. And if you scroll down, you see the uh, dates for each division. Uh, when the files will be. Then you have the site locations as well and the dates for that as well. Uh, then you have the number of teams that qualify for each division. And then the final dates for when the games will be on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Um, so please take a close look at that. And again, not to say anything's going to happen yet, but there could be some changes, which if we do see a trend happening, we'll make that in, in fine time so everyone can make their adjustments moving forward. Uh, once we hit April for plus, because Iggy, in ten days from now, actually no, wait a minute, so, yeah, in ten days from now it's March. March, yes. yeah, March. Yes, I, I, I saw March creeping up on yes, uh, our it's next. Not day. that far away. So, yeah. so there you go. All right, uh, magic words, please, Iggy. Mo, I don't do that. I know you don't do that. Um, good night, NBA All Star Game. We'll next week, Thursday, Iggy's on CTA. Watch that, and then we'll be back next week. Bye for now. Let's go.